This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to be with you here today. Libby returns on Thursday. If you're a professional, chances are you've had to sacrifice a good sleep at one point or another. Maybe you lose sleep every day. Maybe you haven't had a good night's sleep in years. Zoomer Radio's Neil Headley's been doing morning radio and television for 30 years, and so he knows the reality all too well, especially since that morning radio means getting up in the middle of the night. <laughs> My friend and colleague from our breakfast radio show, Neil Sam and Jane, joins me in studio. And on the line, Dr. Mark Bullis, Associate Scientist at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Neil, um, first of all, I have to apologize for taking you away from your midday nap. I wish I could nap. I've never been. That's part of the sick cycle that I'm in the middle of is so 30 years I've been working these hours, getting up at two or three o'clock in the morning, and I'm not a napper. I've never been able to. I'm not one of those people. But now there's all this research out there that says, oh, actually, maybe that's okay because if you're a person that can sleep anywhere, anytime, that's probably a sign that you're sleep deprived. What? Like there's Uh. so much. It's such a fragile thing, sleep, but it is so incredibly important to everybody. Before we talk about the launch of the snooze button, let's talk about your history with sleep or your lack of it. Yeah. So my history, and, and Dr. Bullis, you're going to be having a great time with this. I, <laughs> I'm a whole study waiting to happen, uh, and we'll get into that part of it, too. Um, my bizarre relationship with sleep started when I was a kid, when I used to listen to the big pop radio stations in Toronto, and um, I used to fancy myself a musician. So what I would do is, if you can picture this, I would lie there in bed knocking my head against the pillow i would lift it off the pillow about two inches and then put it back down to the beat of the music and so for me at a very young age bed wasn't about sleep bed was my place that i could lie there and i could rock out to the songs sing along to the point where i irritated my parents and they would come in and make me turn the radio off um but that's what bed became and so now all these years later I get into bed and I, on average, according to what my Fitbit tells me, lie there for probably about two or three hours a night before I fall asleep. And are you looking at your phone? Are you listening to music like you did when you were a kid? No, I'm doing the one thing that the research says you're not supposed to do, which is I'm lying there frustrated at not being able to fall asleep. Right. Right. And that's one of those things. You just set this vicious cycle up for yourself. So, I mean... Uh, Dr. Bullis, of course, n- knows all of this so well because he's he's one of these amazing resources that we have in the city and the sleep clinics that we have around uh, who are trying to help people navigate all this stuff. Right. Now, Dr. Neal is not alone, right, in his sleep deprivation. That's right. I mean, you know, sleep deprivation, and thanks for your kind words, Neil, the... Um Sleep deprivation is so common, you know, as, uh, you know, as professionals, just like you, what you're both mentioning here, we're really stretched to, you know, the push our maximum, always urgent things come up, opportunities come up, and sometimes they just don't allow for good sleep quality, right? And after many years of the bed not being associated really with sleep, but actually more for entertainment, you can only imagine, you know, it's, it's hard now to fall asleep, right? So it's... um 
It's great points you guys are raising. And also, we also say usually don't use electronics in the bedroom again because it sort of pulls the bedroom being away from sleep and for, you know, time with spouse or whatnot, you know. Um, but it's it's a major issue in society, and it's sort of it's really commendable that you're taking the time and effort to to discuss this. So Neil, after all these years of being a bad sleeper, you got to thinking about using your media background and getting into talking about it through podcasts and maybe ultimately a book. So I'm yeah, I mean I'm turning myself into a science experiment where I'm going to be talking to people like Dr. Bullis, who doesn't know it yet, but he's about to become one of my best friends. Um, all right, <laughs> my pleasure. But uh, so the podcast starts on September the 2nd. It's called The Snooze Button. And and it's uh, the episodes of the podcast are nine minutes long. Why? Because if you hit the snooze button on your alarm clock, your alarm clock gives you nine more minutes of sleep, supposedly. Um, but there's a there's a great uh, comedian out there whose name escapes me right now. But he, he talks about the idea, like, have you ever run into a person in your life who's ever said, man, I was exhausted, but that extra nine minutes got me right as rain. <laughs> I'm doing great now. Um, so. In in those weekly episodes, it's partly talking to people like Dr. Bullis. It's talking to, uh, you know, Dr. Adrian Owen that runs one of the world's great sleep labs out at uh, Western um, and neuroscientists from all over the world. But it's also talking to high achievers, celebrities, people who don't just have weird hours like you and I do, but they have to fall asleep in weird circumstances. What it's, what's it like to try and fall asleep in combat in a war zone? What's it like to fall asleep in orbit aboard the International Space Station? Hmm. What's it like to try and fall asleep if you're the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl tomorrow? And so, Neil, you're going to get these stories of of how these high achievers in unusual situations have gotten themselves to sleep. You're going to take their tips and apply them to yourself as the science experiment. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to every time I get a tip from one of these, you know, high achiever types and people from the business world, artists, whatever it is. Um, and I'm going to try it myself for two weeks because I figure two weeks is probably long enough for me to be able to track uh, whether or not it's actually had an impact. And hopefully along the way, I find some of the things that maybe work, not only for me, but for other people. But some of the stuff that seems like just plain snake oil, like I'm walking around the mall the other day and I see this thing in a store and maybe it's wonderful. I have no idea yet. It's a weighted blanket. And supposedly, according to the advertising, the weighted blanket's going to solve all your sleep problems, which sounds like just the biggest load of hooey to me ever. But I'm going to try it for a couple of weeks right. and see if it works. Well, and and since we have an audience of hundreds of thousands listening to us right now, if you're out there and you've had sleep issues and you have a tip you might want to pass on to Neil, uh, <laughs> as an early snooze button episode, right. give us a ring, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. By contrast, you may be having issues with sleep, and that's where Dr. Bullis comes in. Uh, Dr. Is sleeplessness genetic or is it simply lifestyle, stress-related, diet-related, that kind of thing? Yeah, great question. I think it's a little bit of both. So it's very easy over life to develop poor sleep habits and then, uh, you know, it becomes harder to get good quality sleep. Um, but then there's also very much genetic influences. I see my clinic very frequently, people who they always tell me that my parents couldn't sleep well you know, even my grandparents couldn't sleep well, you know, so there could be part genetics. 
And then also, every one of us has a natural sleep-wake cycle. So, for example, someone like Neil, you know, you're, you're sleep-deprived, yet your body still allows you to function waking up at 2 in the morning, right? And, and then presumably you go to bed a lot earlier. I, I myself am probably exactly the opposite. I actually go to bed probably around 2 in the morning and wake up around 8 hours later. So, you know, every one of us, you know, has our own natural fit for a cycle. And so it's part genetic Part environment, sorry, part uh, also part uh, you know, environmental as well, where we acquire habits over time that could be good or bad and can affect our quality of sleep. Well, it was interesting when I got my twenty three and Me results back. Yeah, uh, it says that I am more predisposed to waking up early, which I thought was very interesting because waking up early is what I also do, uh, being part of the yeah. morning show, and for for many decades, just like Neil, and it it does work for me, and I don't know that it works for everybody. You know, yeah. get getting up in the night or going to bed early you like you doctor you're more of a night owl and I'm what, very much what, a night owl I yeah. do my best work and I actually tried to um to kind of go a little earlier to bed and you know try to push myself earlier and it just didn't work you know I was just less productive and so every one of us is set up in a different genetic makeup which allows us probably even dictates what we do for the morning you know or it's like what we do for our lives mm-hmm. so you can't be really a morning show host <laughs> you know, I have a whole bunch of buddies who are on the radio as well. And, you know, and, uh, you know, they're just, you know, some of them are morning people, some of them are evening. And that's sort of the glory of being human, right? Every one of us, you know, thrives over a different sleep schedule, over a different set of talents. Right? Although Neil knows all too well, if I've been out the night before, I'll, yeah. <laughs> you won't hear it on the radio, but I, I, <laughs> off mic, I am yawning. <laughs> it, yeah. And I mean, and, okay. and it's the weird part of, of this gig that Jane and I have, and, and our friend Sam, obviously, as well, doing breakfast radio, is we don't get to have a day when we're not at the top of our game because, you know, the yeah. microphones go on in the morning and it's hidden, hit, hit on all cylinders or else kind of thing, you know? Okay, I want to get to the phones now. I know you want to get in on the conversation as well. Have you had sleepless nights? Have you had a lot of them? Have you overcome those sleepless nights? And how have you done it? Is it a hot toddy before bed? Is it a warm (laughs) bath? Is it, uh, you know, having your partner there in bed with you or having maybe waiting, going to bed before your partner because you like to fall asleep on your own? Uh, You may have your own remedy that's worked or you may be struggling to find a remedy. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Ida in Mississauga. Hi, Ida. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? Good. So what is your issue related to sleep? Um, I just can't. I can't sleep for any length of time. So I find that, and this happened, I'm going to say historically or hysterically, um, when I was, um, had a... Finish your thought. Principal job. Okay. And... Everybody else in the office used to go in at like eight thirty or nine. I used to go in at five. Oh, you like to work early. Well, I'm um yes. Okay. You know, let's do um let's get all the um get all your work out of the way early. Out of the way. Right. And then the afternoon becomes playtime because I was in marketing. When I say mm-hmm. playtime, I mean you know, you're developing products or whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, so today, all these years later, what are you experiencing? I'm same thing. I'm just, you know, I'm I am truly so thankful for um, 
the happy gang in the morning. <laughs> I still, you know. You like still I get up, up early. You know, I wake up and, oh, how great to hear them. Well, we thank you very much for listening to us, Ida. Thank you for calling in. I guess, Doctor, I want to ask you as well about the health benefits to proper sleep and the health problems related to poor sleep. Absolutely. So, so important. Um, You know, so good sleep. So generally speaking, you know, we like to say keep the bed Sorry, keep the, you know, the sleep for the bedroom, which means really it's only for sleep. Avoid electronics, television, and also any basically non-sleep, non-adult you know, game activities <laughs> outside the bedroom, basically. And then the benefits there are huge because well, I can sort of tell you what the health consequences are, but things like poor sleep, especially in things like sleep apnea, leads to, to, uh, to potentially increased risk of stroke, heart attack, even early death. And uh, we find that in people who have poor sleep, they have a better, uh, they have a greater chance of developing dementia or a cognitive impairment over the years, never mind other things like mood problems, high blood pressure, depression, and so on. So there's so many benefits to getting good, you know, to getting good sleep. And that's just a few things. People also with poor sleep are at higher risk of car accidents too, right? If you're so sleepy during the day. And we've seen that in the past years, I'm sure as, you know, as media personnel, you've covered lots of things like train accidents, which a few years ago were, you know, very uh, much in the news uh, because of sleepy drivers and bus accidents and right. so on. So there's a lot of really important health consequences if sleep is not, uh, if, you know, if good quality sleep is not maintained. You know, Dr. Bullis, that's one of the things that kind of led me down this path myself, because I've had yeah. people say to me, so, okay, you haven't slept for 30 years. Uh, yeah. Why are you suddenly becoming this sleep advocate now? And for people yeah. that listen to breakfast radio on a regular basis, you know that I have a, a brand new one-year-old. And yeah. when she <laughs> came on, thank you. Um, and, and she has, I'm grateful for her for uh, several reasons. One one of which is that she goes to bed at six o'clock every night, which gives me the perfect excuse. But also, I it, it forced me to take a step back and and look at this and think to myself, okay, um, as Dr. Bullis mentions, there are so many studies linking lack of sleep to things like dementia and cognitive decline and stuff like that. And that's partly because of all this research they've been doing in about the last decade to something they're calling the glymphatic system, which basically it's it's when your brain clears out all the gunk that it's accumulated over the course of the day. Well, your glymphatic system supposedly only kicks in during REM sleep. And if you don't get a lot of REM sleep, the gunk stays to oversimplify it. I mean, Dr. Bullis does this for a living. He knows it far better than I. But to me, I looked at that and I went, all right, I need to work on the sleep because I need to be functioning at a high level for as much of my daughter's life as I possibly can. Yeah, isn't it such a strong motivation? I have two young children at home as well. Probably one of them you might hear in the background any minute. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, you know, it's incredible. You know, we, we published actually on the lymphatic system a few years ago, one of my first uh, major research papers, and we found that REM was important, but also so was slow-wave sleep. And the brain enters different stages of sleep. Slow-wave sleep is where the person, you know, go, it's, it's considered, it could be considered almost one of the deepest stages of sleep, which is considered also stage three. Um, and it's so important, linked with so many other things, uh, and you're absolutely right. That's, that really is a strong motivation. 
My colleague from Breakfast Radio, Neil Headley, is here, as well as sleep expert, associate scientist at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center, Dr. Mark Bulis. We're talking about sleeping, and I, I do want to get to your calls now. Let's go to Joan in Oshawa. Joan, what would you like to add? Hello, how are you? Fine. Jane. How is your sleep these days? Terrible. <laughs> okay. Ever, ever since I was a teenager, I haven't been able to sleep. I'm an, I've turned into a night owl instead of a human being, for goodness sakes. Um, I usually go to bed between uh, 12 and 2 a.m. Because if I go to bed any earlier, I just lie there. Okay. And then do you sleep? No. Um, actually, lately, the last several months, I haven't been getting to sleep until around seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, and I get up at 10. Oh, so that's very little sleep. Yes. How are you functioning? Well, I seem to be functioning not too badly, but I'm. by the time the afternoon comes around, um, I'm really tired. Right. Like after lunch. Okay, thank you, Joan, for calling in. Doctor, I want to ask you about that. Does each person have the optimal amount of sleep that's required to function well for that person? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, for most adults, it's around eight hours. What I would say for someone like Joan, you know, is she may be, we don't know, she, we didn't ask her, but she might be napping during the day. Sometimes napping takes drive, you know, takes that intrinsic sleep drive uh, that, that you might need or that, you know, the need to feel to fall asleep that may occur at night. So I tell people, like, really to avoid napping and then try to fix awake and a sleep time, like a bedtime and a waking up time every day that's eight hours apart. Let's go to Sheila in Dunkirk, New York. Sheila, you have a remedy that works. Yes, I do. I um, have sleep apnea and I wear a CPAP. I have chronic pain and I have to get up every two hours. Yeah. Anyway, I got some really good CBD oil from a place I trust very much. And it's not the stuff you buy on the counter at the gas station or whatever. It's very good CBD oil. All right, doctor, what do you think about that as a solution? You we're know, he- we're hearing more about it. Oil for your pain? Mm-hmm. Was she for, for sleeping? For sleeping. You know, it's interesting. The, the use basically, you said CBD, right? Yes. So the use of marijuana and marijuana-like products is being explored further. I think there is going to be some, you know, in the future, it's not well established yet, but I think for people who do have a hard time sleeping, particularly those in whom other remedies have wor- not worked, I think this is an area that we're going to understand more and more about in the future and maybe actually quite promising. And and so, Neil, if you get that as a recommendation, because you are looking for ways to fall asleep when this news button launches. I'm sure that'll be an episode of the podcast at some point, and then that'll become a chapter in the book, because that's how, I mean, the the whole thing becomes a book about a year or so from now. But I'm basically making the research phase public, and that's so that's what the podcast is for. So all the people that I would be talking to and interviewing in the course of trying to solve this issue for myself and others – um, yeah, you can listen along as I stumble my way through the dark and try and come up with this. But, um, you know, 
it's interesting, the CBD oil thing, because even Dr. Bullis was talking about there are so many different sleep stages and they all have specific roles. And so maybe the CBD oil helps you fall asleep, but maybe it messes with your REM sleep or maybe it messes with some other cycle that performs a critically important function. We don't know yet. You've got it right on. It needs more explanation. I also had some people like I actually saw a patient last week who was really having a hard time falling asleep. And he told me that the THC was helping him. So, mm. you know, there's the, you know, we don't want to get too detailed here, but there is, you know, different forms of actually of what's in marijuana, right? And uh, there's a THC form as well as a CBD consist- constituent to it. The bottom line is I think it needs more study, but we'll have good answers in the near future. And so, speaking of uh, speaking yeah. of studies, I mean, Neil and I come across studies all the time, almost every day about how to sleep better and how much sleep you need. Will you be including some of this, Neil, in the snooze button? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that made me look at this, um, uh, you know, with all due respect to Dr. Bullis and, and maybe some friendly competition with the gang over at the Owen Sleep Lab in at Western, is they did a study where they found out that um, if you get three hours more sleep a night, you're probably functioning at about the same level as if you'd gotten three hours too little. Right. Like, so when you mm-hmm. talk about everybody getting that right amount of sleep, like Dr. Bullis says, there's your amount that's right for you and way more or way little. It has uh, it has negative effects both ways. Absolutely. So, I mean, the great point, Neil. And the other thing that we found that people who sleep less than six hours or more than nine hours both have the same extremes of medical problems, you know? So it's like too much, too little. And so that's where you sort of got to find your niche somewhere in between. All right. Uh, yeah. I'd be happy for longer than three hours. I'm, I'm happy to work with that for a while. <laughs> I know. I think many of us are so sleep deprived that it would be so beneficial. Right? Neil, where can we get involved with the sleep button? So there's a website. Snooze button. The snooze a, button. There's a website that I've put up that's very much in its infancy. Uh, forgive me. There's so many elements to this project. Um, you know, like there's a Kickstarter video coming for it and all this other stuff that's going on. Um, but right now there's really a rudimentary website up at thesnoozebutton.com. You got to include the the because I don't know where it goes if it doesn't. Uh, but thesnoozebutton.com and the podcast launches September the 2nd. And that's when we'll start to hear how your experimenting is going with the different uh, recommendations. We'll start to hear some um, myth busting. Yeah. Around There's a ton of those. Right. Because as you say, you could read something and think that's the way to go. And in fact, it's not even real science. One of the things I want to tackle early on with this thing is there's this myth out there that if you wake up and you're able to remember your dreams, it means you got a lot of good quality REM sleep. Good for you. No. What it means is that your brain probably didn't shut down much overnight and your brain was busy focusing on the details of whatever your dream was. Fascinating. TheSnoozeButton.com. And uh, Dr. Bullis, anything you'd like to add before we wrap? No, I just want to thank you guys so much for the opportunity. And also, you know, it's great work that you're doing here, Neil. That's very, very, very exciting. Um, you know, I, I guess a little bit of sleep advice for uh, for our audience here is also, you know, avoiding the naps during the day, avoiding some obvious things, avoiding eating and drinking a couple hours before bedtime really helps a lot. And also exercising in the morning. It's, this is underappreciated. Exercise is so important. But exercising in the morning is, is really the best way to do it because sometimes when you exercise at night, you actually have such a, you know, it, it almost provides you a burst of energy. It might be giving you a hard time falling asleep. Then. Well, maybe we'll hear you on the snoozebutton.com as well, doctor. 
It'll be my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Good. Thank you. Thank you both. Neil Headley, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 530 on the radio. I'll be the sleepy one. <laughs> <laughs> I might beat you to it. <laughs> I'm going out to watch the tennis tonight, so you never know. And Dr. Mark Bulas at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. Thank you both. Pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.